As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their backstory, get the most important lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew Metal. Welcome to the Action and Ambition podcast. I'm your host today, Chase Geyser. And with us, we have a very special guest, Ebony Swank. She's a self-made millionaire and successful businesswoman of the Swank fashion empire. Ebony, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on the Action and Ambition podcast. How are you today? I'm pretty good. How are you, Chase? I'm doing well. So where does this story begin for you? Uh, the story begins with, I started, um, uh, uh, you introduced me as a self-made millionaire and I started with 12 grand. So that's really typically where um, this thing uh, stems from. Well, congratulations. So what'd you, what'd you do with the 12 grand, 12 grand to turn it into um, uh, millions? Well, what I did was I opened up my first store um, after a uh, a huge investment of a failed store. So most entrepreneurs that you talk to, you hear them talk about their failed story. So I opened up mm -hmm. a store, a lot of money in it. I lost everything, was at the wrong location with the wrong audience. Um, now my back is against the wall and I've quit my job because I wanted to do my dream business, which failed. So now that my back against the wall and all I have is 12 grand left, I need to try this venture again. So I tried it again. I took the 12 grand, opened up a store. I made sure that I used very high margins on each item that was in the store. I negotiated the rents really cheap and I made sure that my overhead was really low so that my profits could be high. So when people come into a business, when people normally um, start a business, they normally say, well, you can't make a first money, money for the like, five years or something, some ridiculous. And I was making money um, right off the bat because of my high margins and my low overhead. And that's how I got here. That makes sense. So how were you able to get away with um, having high mar margins in such a competitive sort of landscape? Uh, there's a lot of people that sell um, um, uh, uh, fashion accessories and uh, it's highly competitive. I know it's really difficult. I've worked with different clients in the fashion space as well. Uh, but what was it about your, your location and, and your products that made people willing to, 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 to pay the margin? Well, typically with the first thing that I did was I made sure that everything that I looked or purchased were very low um, in cost and that I could 
bring the price up. So the way that I styled it, the way that I made it look once it came into the store, you know, um, I would go to, uh, I would spend a lot of time going into vendors, asking them for things that were um, uh, not clearance, but things that they were closing out. Like, okay, so if you give me this, then I buy that. And then, um, so if I found a shirt as an example or a jacket, I'll do a user jacket. And if I could find a jacket for $10 and sell it for $125, it's the look of it. How can I make them want this? What type of accessory will I put with this? So I could put a, uh, a necklace that would probably cost me another $5 and I can mark that up as well. But it had to be something that was worth them wanting to buy. So it was all in the look. It was all in the, in the, um, the fashion, something that they would gravitate towards. How do I know this? Because I know, sorry. It's okay. I, I specifically know my customer. This is how I knew this. I knew what they were looking at. I knew what they were watching. I knew the things that they would resonate with. And that's how I would sell them that. So where did you open up your first location? So, well, my first location where I failed at, I was in Novi, Michigan. Mm. So I lost all of my money there. Um, I reopened in Southfield, Michigan. And the strategy was where is the store? And I knew not to depend on foot traffic. That was where I went wrong at the first location. I'm not gonna depend on foot traffic. I have to be able to get these people in here on my own. And the other thing was I needed to look different. I can't blend in with all of the other stores in the area because what, what, what would make me go to Swank? Why would I go to Swank? I had to make them want to come for an experience. And then when they came in, there was a certain smell that um, that they would that they got used to. It was like a pomegranate candle that I would um, uh -huh. burn in the store, which we still do it to this day. And the customers, whenever they would smell this pomegranate smell, even if they're not in the stores, um, they resonated that with Swank. So um, even when you're not here, you're thinking about Swank, and that was my thing of getting into their mental space. So I did a bunch of different things to to be able to stand out so that I would have the returning customers and I would um, continue to um, build that customer base. And that's how I got here today. Wow, that's Doing, amazing. I use somewhat of the same practices that I use and I taught myself early on um, for my failed success. Sure. And are you still just operating the one location or have you opened more locations since then? No, we um, shortly after the first location, we opened up the second location and mm -hmm. now we're um, in online and uh, we're on online and which is the bigger portion of our business. And what happened with that was um, a guy approached me with a, um, hey, I'll give you a million dollars for 49% uh, of your company. And I was just like, no, that's not enough. And at the time I probably was only doing about 800, uh, 900,000 um, uh, at the time or something, something like that. Um, something not quite, but something like that just from the one store. So I figured out, you know, like he, it must be something within Swank that I'm not pushing myself. So what I did was I put the gas on and I invested more money, same strategies, but online. So a little different. And I was able to, um, that's how we got to where we are today. But it was the guy that offered me a portion of, uh, offered me some of my uh, companies. Uh, and that was how I got pushed. Like, okay, let me, if he sees something, then let me go ahead and rev this up some more. 
Yeah, that makes sense. So um, were you, did you start the online portion of it before or after the pandemic kicked in? Um, it was before. And um, thank we God, were, right? <laughs> thank God, right? I didn't have to um, wait too long. Um, so when we were doing online, um, right before the pandemic, I want to say I started to rev sales up from, I think we started doing about, we went from 150 and then I doubled it, 150 a month, and then I doubled it to 350 a month. And then we went from 350, this is all before the pandemic. So, so then we went from 350, 350,000 to about half a million uh, a month. And I'm like, wow, I can really do this. So it was yeah, like in awesome. Jan January of 2020 is when I first started doing a million a month. And then COVID hit in March of uh, 2020. And I got all scared. Like, I just did all this growth. Is it going to go away? And it, of course, it did the opposite. It spiked more. But the great thing about that is that as we're spiking in COVID, even COVID is still here. Or as we spiked during the pandemic after the pandemic, we continue to grow and we're still on a scale to grow even in today's market. Wow. That's amazing. So what strategies did you use to make the digital store um, uh, blow up the way that it did? Were you just reaching out to existing customers and letting them know that there was an online version of the store or, or, or what happened? Cause it's not an amateur sport. No, it's definitely not an amateur sport. And of course, when we first started, um, our online sales was back in 2012. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, as from 2012 to when the guy contacted me in 2019, when I just talked about those numbers, um, I'm learning so much. So after he, you know, gave me the push with the offer, um, I'm like, okay, so I'm just going to take everything I know and just go further in it. So even, even after then you start to learn more about the digital space and what has always been 30%, well, what is now 30% of our uh, organic reach has organic sales has been Instagram before it was Facebook because we were local. Right. So now right. it's Instagram and because of our strategy. And I still talk to my team about this today and tell them, listen, we have to continue what we've always done with Instagram because Instagram still supports our business. So now 70% comes from digital ads, but 30%, 30 to 40% definitely comes from our organic reach. And I try to resonate with the customer and I'll show someone that looks like them that um, other companies probably won't show. And I show them on the jeans. So 80% of our uh, catalog is jeans and we're selling jeans consistently and I let the people know hey you can fit these and jeans can be comfortable and jeans are comfortable so just just basically speaking to them like we're their girlfriends and um uh you know just just like we're your friend topics that others probably won't talk about that we feel free sure. to talk about in our ad space. And the other important thing is owning our customer. I may use these different tools like SMS and email marketing um, to get, but I, I drive them from our site. So, so once you hit the site, I make sure that once we get you organically on socials, you hit the site, I make sure that there are different tools in place to be able to capture you, to get you to come back. So when it comes to retargeting, but also sign up for all of the programs that we have here because we need to own the audience because if one of the digital platforms go away or go down, we still need to be able to contact you. That makes sense. And, and 
uh, as far as the products are concerned, um, are are you now designing your own products or uh, are you sort of just re- identifying and procuring products from different from different wholesalers? Well, from different wholesalers, we use those as fillers, but we also do our mm-hmm. own manufacturing. I design everything in house. Everything goes through wow. me. Don't ask me how I have the time to do this, but I do. (laughs) (laughs) But it's really fun because I've always loved clothes. Like it has not been a a time in my life where I didn't love fashion. So um, I actually love it. But yes, we do design in house. We do a manufacturing house. We have a really popular denim here called the Super God Jean. It's almost our entry level jean that we um, uh, go out and we, uh, it's like an attention grabber or our clickbait to get the customer to actually, uh, hey, trust us, these jeans are great. Everybody can fit them. They are Mm -hmm. for everybody, everyone's body. You can fit these. So um, we definitely go in uh, like that too. But again, so we're running that production on those. We've sold over a million pair of those jeans uh, to date. Um, And we're really excited about our progress here, how we've been able to um, show women to love yourselves, be confident in who you are. You don't have to lose weight if you don't want to. If you want to go and uh, get uh, a surgery um, on your body, we encourage that too, if that's something that you want to do. We're just an all around the way regular woman and we can um, relate to what is happening in our customers' community. Wow, that's awesome. So what's something that you know now that you wish you would have known when you started your business? Um, what do I know now that I wish? I, well, I wish I would have known about all of the digital marketing <laughs> that yeah. that took yeah. me years of learning. But again, the years of learning everything that's out there, you know, comes with uh, failure and growth. Failure and growth. So I do appreciate that. But at the same time, if there the magic wand is just say hey, this is how you do this and this is how you do that. So all of the forecasting and all of the inventory planning and all of the different uh, manufacturers. Um, that I known. Um, yes, I, that would be great for me to have known that before, but would it have built me? No. Mm, that um, makes sense. Everything that I learned going into this is how I've been able to be as strong as I am. So are you increasingly focused on the online aspect of the business or, or do you have it in your mind to open more uh, brick and mortar locations too? Uh, we really have said to continue to grow our online product um, uh, catalog. Uh, we sell more shapewear now. Um, we may get into some different beauty products. Um, we have a plus size line as well as a junior line. So just, just more online is where my focus is at. That makes sense. Um, has, has your experience though on the brick and mortar location sort of really helped inform what you do online? Because I imagine that that's sort of unique to be able to see customers actually hold products and and what they pull off the rack to look at what they want to try on has that has that had any sort of um uh, input or uh, informed what you've done online at all 100 percent, because it shows me what the customer like what she doesn't like mm-hmm. and it also today i'll send things in the stores as a test hey put this out by six pieces if the customer is this the first thing that she looks at as soon as she walk into the store that's my um my test to go out and invest more into that particular product. Um, also how the customers talk, um, the different interests of the customers. And if, when I tell people, and I, this is, will be the second time that I've mentioned this, um, me being built, the customer, the stores actually built me as to the fashion house 
leader, CEO, or whatever you want to call me that mm -hmm. I am today because I've done so much. I've jumped, jumped through hoops. They, they don't realize everything that they taught me about them just being themselves. And that's why I love the stores. Although I don't get a chance to work in them anymore, I really do love the stores. And I have someone that, uh, a regional manager that, that, that goes between the stores and makes sure that it's properly functioning um, just like it would when I was there. And things as little as the candle burning matters so much to the Swank brand so we can get into their mental space. And I don't want those small things that we started with to go away. Yeah, absolutely. Do you guys ever send a, uh, uh, a candle um, as like a gift with, a, with an online order just so they can have a piece of Swank in their home? <laughs> No, I thought about trying to do that. The only reason why I can't because it comes the packaging. It's yeah. not in the tent. Yeah. So that's the only reason why we have it. I know. It's I was definitely thinking, I'm like, oh, online, how does she get it to smell like pomegranate at their house? <laughs> Trust me, for years I've been trying to figure out, okay, so how do I do that? And I just kind of let that go. But it's just like as we have this conversation, my mind is gonna be rattling again trying to get that because yeah, it really makes sense. And then even before that, like when people say, how do you learn so much? I study, I, I study big brands to see what they're doing, even to today, you know, um, yeah. um, I, I, you know, uh, Amber Crombie, I believe that I read. Um, they always had the scent. Yeah, they always had the scent and they would have, they would have the loud music. It was really dark. And that the, um, the parent, they want to always have a bench outside their stores so that the parents is too loud and it's just uncomfortable for a parent. So the, parent the parents out. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just go in and you just, you're just trying to hurry up and get out of there. So you just hurry up, give your card and you're trying to get out of there. And that I really um, honed in on what the bigger stores were doing because for them to be successful, they have to know something. So I still take time out today and do that. I'll even study smaller brands to see what they're doing and um, how I could possibly implement different things here. So what's your goal for Swank by 2025? What would you like the business to look like? Um, I was just having a conversation with our CFO uh, earlier today. Well, it's not to be it's not to be publicly traded i don't believe um okay. i still don't believe i'm looking for investors um i believe that where i'm going to go is i want to continue to own my my business 100 percent um i am currently debt free it's just something that's up in the air i really don't know you yeah. have to be careful but you know the wrong decisions when you start making this amount of money the wrong decisions can put you in a place where you don't want to be so um i don't know but i'm still trying and striving to uh, continue to increase the revenue. And um, I do believe that this is something that I probably want to have. I don't even think I'm ready to um, make a decision to possibly go into any type of acquisitions. Sure. So, um, you know, you mentioned that you're, you're really relying on, uh, on Instagram for, for your online business, both in terms of ads and, and organic content. Have you started to make the pivot uh, toward TikTok as, you know, there's, there's sort of rumors in the digital marketing community that um, some of these competitors might come in and, 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 and takes, take the place of some of the existing platforms that have been successful for the last decade. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I believe that any, any digital space that you have to take it and use it and strategize it to um, what you already have that you know works. So for TikTok, yeah. I've been using it in the top of my funnel. And um, I it has 
very, very successful. And uh, with that, you have to be creative in the different spaces that you have. So the way that we do that is that we take what we know works for TikTok and we retarget them, but we also have put pixels on our website that are legal, of course, to of course. be able to retarget the visitors that are actually clicking and coming to our um, um, site. Now, this is the thing. If someone comes for one second and leaves, I don't want to retarget them. So I give them right. a certain amount of they visit the site and then I go and spend money to retarget them. But it actually works and our top of funnel has been performing very good. But I also take that and um, I'm giving away a lot, but it's okay. I prefer everyone to. Um, it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and I've noticed that that part really angers me. But um, then I take that information from the, of course, the retargeting them, you know, and I create a lookalike audience on Facebook, because what I've learned is that with Facebook, so many people are down about Facebook, but Facebook is still a good platform. You just mm -hmm. have to know how to be with creating your audiences at the top of the funnel middle i focus on top middle and bottom all the time yeah absolutely well it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the action and ambition podcast where can people find you and follow your story as well as engage with uh, swank okay so i'm on instagram at ebony swank is my um username and um on uh, socials for the swank Apache business it is swank Apache. so you can follow me or you can find me on linkedin at uh, ebony swank as well well, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you. I hope that you will uh, come back and join us when you hit the Billionaires Club. Okay. You did it, all right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chase. You're welcome. Take care. See you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host, Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe and go to andrewmetal.com for all the exclusive lessons, behind-the-scenes footage, and video content of the show. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition, and we'll see you on the next episode. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.